Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Oyster and Pop is a company in Cornwall run by two sisters. They make educational products, including a large, colourful clock aimed at helping kids learn to tell the time. But they've run into a legal difficulty from the high-end watch manufacturer Rolex, which claims people might confuse the kids' clock with their five grand Rolex Oyster. Sarah Davis is co-owner of Oyster & Pop. Afternoon, Sarah. Hi there, Sean. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, before we get to the whole Rolex thing, th- uh, tell us a little bit about your company and why you chose the name Oyster and Pop. Pop. Yes. Hi. Um, so we are a, um, a manufacturer of children's educational products. Um, and we set our company up um, about three years ago now. Um, and we wanted a name that linked to our family. So it's my sister and I who set the company up. And uh, we wanted a, a name that linked to sort of a connection that we sort of personally had together. We grew up on a road called Oyster Bend, which is hmm. in a seaside town called Paynton in Devon. And that's where the name Oyster came from. And then we wanted to sort of make it a bit more fun sounding. And um, my nephew came up with the add-on of and pop at the end of the Oyster to make it a little bit more snappy and, and sort of family and fun friendly. Right, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and the, the 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 learning products that you produce, they do include. Uh, it's a kind of a, a clock for kids. Yeah, that's right. So it's a children's teaching wall clock. So it's a regular wall clock that takes a battery, and um, it's designed to very much help children learn the difficult skill of the analog time, which we'd found uh, when we had our children young, they struggled with. And so we wanted to um, have a product that would just help kids to learn a skill that was, you know, was notoriously hard and um, in a fun and um, and friendly way. Mm. So when did you first hear from Rolex that they had a problem with all of this? So we had our first letter from them back about this time last year, actually, about a year ago. Um, We applied, first of all, for our trademark in the United States. Um, and so we were contacted by um, an attorney from over there to to say that, you know, Rolex were objecting to the application of our trademark to for our name, Oyster and Pop. And what happened about that? So we um, we consulted some, with some advice over there um, that found that uh, we had to be represented in the States by a uh, US attorney. We weren't able to rep- represent ourselves. We did the first sort of round um, of the trademark application um, over in the States, but the costs really quickly mounted up, as you mm. can imagine, using um, overseas assistance and legal um, legal help got very, very expensive. And we're only a very small company with two sisters, you know, running a small business ourselves, and we just couldn't afford the, the costs. So we had to withdraw from the application process over in the States. Okay, so uh, the, the the second go they've had at you, is this about your UK trademark? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what happened was once we'd, um, we'd sort of regrouped, we then reapplied um, in the UK under a different class um, within still the trademark process, um, as we were advised to do by Rolex, um, saying that they wouldn't have any objections to us applying in a different class, which we did. However, they then changed their minds and objected nonetheless mm. um, and that was in the sort of September time autumn time last year so just a few months ago now 
And, and, and is there an argument, Sarah, that somebody might uh, confuse a child's educational clock with a, Ro- a Rolex Oyster watch? Yes. So that's the sort of the big story, really, in all of this is it's the, the, the complete surprise that we had when we heard from them, which was the, you know, the fact that they were claiming that there was a high likelihood of confusion on the part of your average consumer that who would mistake, you know, our type of product as being a you know, Rolex product um, and that there would be, you know, we, we, we would be misleading consumers into thinking that there was some type of connection or association between a £20 children's, well, €20, Euros, I should say for your listeners, <laughs> €20 um, children's wall clock and a sort of €5,000 upwards, um, you know, expensive um, luxury watch. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's where all this is, is stemming from at the moment. Yeah, and you have tried to contact uh, Rolex and talk about this. Yes. Yes, we've been in touch with their uh, representatives over here in the UK. We've uh, we've written back um, to their 24-page letter that they sent to us with all sorts of with all sorts of claims on there. We wrote back with all our sort of our counter counterclaims to that to that letter, and have subsequently written to them again very much more recently to sort of try and open a dialogue and to reach a sort of mutual agreement. Um, but as yet, we've not heard anything anything back from them. If you don't, and if they can continue to act the heavy, do you know what you and Emma are going to do? Um, well, obviously, yeah, like you say, it's very much a David and Goliath fight, and there's a lot of a lot of other companies who have had very similar situations, um, you know, with very similar you know cases of large corporations coming down very very heavily on small businesses. Um, you know, we've been amazed by the support we've received. Um, I don't know if you mentioned mentioned it at all, but um, we've had 77,000 signatures now on our Change Org petition um, and with people, you know, in massive support saying, you know, we see no confusion, we see no similarity. Um, so we're very much hoping, you know, that, that Rolex will, will back down or that they'll certainly come and, and talk to us um, and reach a mutual, you know, place of mutual agreement. Mm. I suppose that the, the worry would be, though, even though um, from what they're saying sounds completely daft, but you'd have to get as far as a course to decide it's daft, and that will cost you a fortune, and they know it. Yeah, obviously they're you know they they've got a lot more weight behind them than we have. We're we are we are very much a small business. We have very limited resources. You know, we've received a lot of support. Um, and yeah, we're really much, very much hoping that we won't get that far. Currently, it's the just the trademark process that we're going through, and the trademark office will be the first to decide whether or not, like you say, it is daft, um, as possibly seventy-seven thousand other people do agree. Mm. Um, and um, then, you know, then there is obviously then a process to follow. But we're just taking it very much a step at a time at the moment. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm hoping that it'll it'll um, it'll come to a sensible conclusion. Before so at the mo- sure. at the moment, Sarah, is it affecting your ability to trade? No, no, not at the moment. We uh, we've uh, we've had uh, you know we're still we're still trading as usual with the clock and with our other with our other products as well. Uh, and does the same apply? I mean, obviously, you applied for a, a US uh, trademark too, so you were hoping to sell there. Can you sell there? Yes, you can sell without a trademark. Um, you have a trademark, obviously, um, <laughs> to protect yourself. So, mm. um, in the same way, in the same way, Rolex are are protecting theirs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we wish you the very best, Sarah. That was Sarah Davis there, co-owner of Oyster and Pop. Sarah, thank you very much. Thanks ever so much. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.